0: You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. One, two,
2: three. Is now on ESPN Radio. What's
0: up, everybody? Welcome back. New now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Been a uh, sort of haphazard, hectic Tuesday. That's a good thing. Running around uh, all over the place. Trying to get everything all ironed out as we transition into a new season. Spring sports. In full swing. Maybe spring will actually come with it someday soon. Also, though, I was pro day down at the uh, University of Montana. So, coming up, we are going to hear from four different young men who participated in the pro day Patrick O'Connell for the Grizz, uh, former All American linebacker, Justin Ford, Malik Flowers, and Marcus Wellnell. We got a couple minutes with each one of those uh, men. But first, I wanted to talk just uh, for a sec about last night's championship game. Only in a college town like Missoula where uh, the Grizz and the Bobcats just rule the day around the state of Montana like they do, Uh, do you have an hour-long talk radio show talking about everything but a national championship game? But here we are. Uh, For those that uh, didn't see it, didn't catch the result, UConn, A thorough and dominant effort uh, against San Diego State. 76-59, the Huskies win the game. Uh, It was a back-and-forth game for like the first five minutes. Then UConn really pulled out. They led by as many as 16 points in the first half, and they closed the first half up 36-24. And then the second half, San Diego State cut it to five with about six minutes to play. Uh, But too little, too late and uh, just a pretty dominant effort by the UConn Huskies. That's now five national championships since 1999 for UConn. That is more than anybody in college basketball besides the Duke Blue Devils. So UConn in rare company atop the uh, the college basketball world. I hadn't watched UConn hardly at all this year entering the tournament, and then I, uh, I watched them – Early uh, in the tournament and was instantly struck by how impressive I thought they were. And my first thought after watching them drill St. Mary's in the second round was that team lost seven conference games. That team is, is a four seed. That team looks like a one seed to me. And, and then when you review... UConn's total body of work, uh, it was certainly a a tale uh, of up and downs all year long for the Huskies. They started 14-0, and right around New Year's, they were ranked the number one team in the country. Then they fell on hard times. They lost six out of nine games and sort of fell down, and at one point... On January 31st, they had a horrible January. Basically, is what it is. They were they were 14 and 0 overall and 3 and 0 in league play coming into January, and they exited January uh, after losing uh, to Xavier with a six and six conference record and a 17 to six record overall. Then, though, they turned it on. They lost to Marquette in the Big East tournament. And then after that, they didn't lose again, and uh, they end up they ended up winning 12 out of their last 13 games. And so, I don't know. I'm not saying it's like a rope a dope or anything like that, but what UConn was and what they could be, they showed during the first half of the season, and then they refound that. That's such a rare thing in college basketball these days. I think that's that's one of the parts that's so interesting to me to analyze about college sports. One of the most important parts of a team, especially a team of young people, is when the tough, when the going gets tough, how do you right the ship? How do you get the thing back on track? So often when we see stuff start going bad, then it goes worse, and then it just falls apart. UConn was able to have it go really, really bad and then completely rally and reassume its best form and roll all the way uh, to the title. So I think that there's a couple factors here that goes into this. First of all, I think they have a hell of a coach. Second of all, I think that some of their players were underrated all year long. I don't really know how that happened. But Jordan Hawkins uh, and the Sunogo kid are both you know, top-shelf, best-in-the-country-type talents, and they showed that throughout this tournament, including last night. I was like, Dan Hurley, for all the, the, the haters out there, uh, there's no question this guy can coach particularly when it comes to getting his guys uh, to be able to endure adversity and also to be able to come ready in big games. That's exactly what they showed all tournament long. And the last point I'll make on this is there is no more debate. UConn is a blue blood. That's what it is. Five national championships in 25 years is on par with any run that any college basketball program has ever gone on, but particularly in the modern era. There's not really anybody in the company of UConn now after their fifth national championship since 1999. So uh, no more calling them underdogs and uh, no more underrating the Big East. The Big East is back. The Big East is absolutely one of the Power Six conferences. I'm going to start calling it the Power Six. They don't have the sway or even the legitimacy whatsoever in football, but when it comes to basketball, the Big East is absolutely on par with everybody else, and UConn uh, again proved that last night by uh, a thorough and dominant 79, 76 excuse me, to fifty-nine victory over San Diego State. For the Aztecs, uh, it was an unbelievable run, but you have to think that at least part of uh, not being in this game for very much of the of the game was just sort of the, the letdown from Lamont Butler's buzzer-beating walk-off uh, jumper to beat Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. It's it's impossible to, to stay that high again off that moment. And uh, San Diego State is tough. They were able to hang physically with UConn at times, but they just didn't quite have the firepower to keep up. And uh, it, the game itself, it was only really interesting for a couple of portions of the game. Other than that, it just looked like a coronation and a deserved one uh, for a UConn team that when the dust settled and and one of the great March Madness tournaments in terms of chaos and upsets that we've ever seen, uh, by the time the the dust settled on that, pretty darn impressive for the Huskies. And they certainly were uh, the best team in this field. Sometimes the team that wins the tournament isn't the best team. There's the hottest team. I thought UConn was both, the best team and the hottest team. Uh, So pretty pretty cool, pretty fun to watch. And uh, I always hate the feeling you get when this stuff ends because I get the basketball junkie thing going right when we go to Boise and then I'm watching three or four games every day. All right, give me more, give me more, give me more. This year it was even more profound because I came back from Boise and then went to Butte for the state tournament and watched like seven more high school basketball games there at the AA tournament. And then come back and then I'm all in on this NCAA tournament. I didn't travel to a site for the first time in about five years, Which actually then had me get more into the tournament. Because when you're at the site, it's awesome, but you fixate on the teams that are there where you're at. And you don't necessarily watch the whole big picture as much. This year, first time in a long time, I got to watch the whole big picture. And, uh, you know, I know I've been a contrarian in terms of the narratives that this was you know, the, the the year of the Cinderella's and yada, yada, yada. But also, there's this nuance that goes into that. But also, it was a phenomenal tournament. The drama was high. And uh, it was incredibly fun to watch. So I'm, I'm certainly feeling let down uh, that it's over. But lucky for me, and lucky for you, the NBA playoffs is right around the corner. Uh, so we're very much looking forward to that as well. Who now? ESPN Radio. Grizz uh, Pro Day earlier today. You can always tell... The level of pedigree of the prospects at these pro days, by how much time and how much effort the scouts spend with them. If it's just a lickety split, boom, 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 and then there's hardly any drills after the the time stuff is done, you can always tell that means there's not that many, uh, you know, crazy true prospects there. Well, this today. They were outside on the field for more than two hours. So it was great being down there. And, you know, I talked to several of the scouts, talked to several of the agents, caught up with our great friend, Marty Mornenweg, uh, our co host on the Monday afternoon quarterback during football season and uh, a longtime veteran of the NFL. And it was cool seeing everybody. It was also cool, though, seeing how engaged so many of the scouts were uh, in these results. So let's hear from some of the young men that participated today. We'll start with a guy. I think there's two guys that have the realest of the real NFL shots. I think it's Patrick O'Connell, linebacker for the Grizz, former linebacker for the Grizz, and uh, Justin Ford, a cornerback uh, who was an All-American a couple years in a row. Patrick O'Connell, his numbers, he didn't do the bench, but he did have an unbelievable vertical jump, 38 and a half inches, That would have been the best among all linebackers at the NFL Combine. He also had a 4.28 seconds in the pro shuttle and a 6.97 in the L drill. So those two would have been top two times at the NFL Combine. And he ran 4.65 in the 40, which doesn't hurt him and certainly keeps him in the mix. And a 10-2 broad jump as well, a career best. Apologies for some of the, the wind you're going to hear in the background. If you've ever been to Washington, Grizzly Stadium, especially in the spring, there is a little bit of wind. I tried to cut as much of it out as I could. Uh, but either way, here is Patrick O'Connell, a product of Kalispell, Montana, following his pro day. This process has evolved so much over the last five to ten years. Now, I mean, NFL teams can bring twice as many guys to camp. So... Uh- how important is that? It's just getting get an opportunity to go show yourself as a football player as, as the next step.
3: I think that's super important because when you look at it, like you said, there's so many guys in camp. That just gets your foot in the door, and then from there, you got to work your butt off and um, show them what you're actually all about. I mean, because anyone can come out here and run these drills and do pretty well. I mean, but at the end of the day, they're bringing you in to play football, and if you can't play football, then you're not going to make the team, so you still got to make it happen. In a competition like this where –
0: yeah. success is determined by just you know tenths of a second how yeah. nerve-wracking is
3: that I mean that's the biggest thing is like you can time out whatever you want when you're training time out whatever times you're getting there it's gonna be different than some here like it's just a click of a button that could that could change your destiny so it's pretty nerve-wracking knowing that but once, the, once it comes, it's just you got to trust your training, do what you're going to do, and then go put out your best number.
0: How much do you think your training did pay off? I mean, I know you told me all about it last week. How much did it translate today?
3: I mean, I'll just let the numbers speak for itself. I think it, I think it paid off pretty well. I mean, um, there's a couple things I think I could could have done a little bit better on, but I'm super happy with all my numbers, so it was good. Pat, your preparation
4: and everything like that, just can you, I, 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 were you down in Florida as well? Like, What was kind yeah. of your prep for this event?
3: I was in Orlando um, training with Coach Tom Shaw and his program. Um, same thing. I mean, it's just a grind for the last three months, uh, three-plus months, I guess. I've um, just been working super hard every single day. Um, it's been amazing training. Uh, obviously, amazing weather down there. There's record highs. It was already about 90, so I'd step outside. I'd be sweating. I'd be warm already. And, um I'm, I'm, I think that's why there's some slightly better times while I was down there, but it was still all good. So.
4: Sorry if this is a repeat question, Thank but just you. like but like mentally, you know, for you, like obviously it's like when you step in line, it's kind of a real moment, you know, just what was that? You know, you've talked about your journey through college football, but yeah. you know, when you're here on a pro day, you just, well, what is that moment like for you? Can you, can you yeah. maybe even describe what it's like, really?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about because the weeks leading up to this, I've been thinking about specifically being on that 40 line just in my head over and over and over again and then these last couple of days I've just had a super calm demeanor and everything and I've been just saying trust the training it's going to be good trust the training and then just go out and run so when I stepped up to that line it wasn't I wasn't nervous at all for any event today um, and yeah. I think just having that calmness to me helped help me a lot
4: last year you were out here watching your teammates compete this as well so ever like pretty much ever since then you thought about like hey that could be me someday getting out here get a chance to show off in front of scouts
3: yeah absolutely i mean it's been my dream and goal to do this ever since i you know gave up baseball and um, switched to straight football and um, growing up uh, i wanted to play a professional sport no matter what it was and now to turn a dream into a reality, hopefully, uh, it's obviously a dream come true. What's one of the main <clears throat> questions that the scouts are asking you that they want to know? Right now, specifically, they're asking about what position they think I can play and what they see me playing as. Um, they want to know like how much coverage I played uh, at my time with the Grizz and everything, and they just kind of asking like. Um, if I think I can adapt into playing more coverage as a three-down linebacker and everything like that.
5: And then I know you mentioned the warm weather and then you're coming here back in the cold. But, you know, being a Montana guy, is that Montana toughness a real thing? You got your shirt off doing the broad jump. Do you feel like you have an advantage coming back and competing in this kind of weather?
3: I mean, I wouldn't say it's an advantage, but it definitely helps being from here. Um, I mean, like I said, when I was in Florida, it was... 85 90 degrees and they were hitting record highs so um it's a lot different but when I I came back a couple weeks ago um I stepped off the plane it was sunny and I was like this isn't that bad at all is it was like in the 50s and then came down to Missoula it was a little colder but um that's why I came here a week early just to get used to everything used to the field um get acclimated again and get the sleep schedule all set because it's a two-hour time change too so um definitely prepared for all that You mentioned
0: dreaming of this growing up, and, I mean, everybody that plays football dreams about getting a chance in the NFL. What what would, like, fourth-grade Patrick O'Connell think of a performer in front of, like, seven or eight scouts?
3: Well, he probably wouldn't think at all. (laughs) (laughs) Probably picking his nose in class, making fun of the teachers. But, no, um, I think, I mean, if he knew this, um, if I knew this when I was younger, then um, I don't know. I just, I would think you're crazy telling me that. Um, But I would also kind of believe you in the same sense because i know where where i came from i know all the hard work that i put in um to get to this point and you just i just went out there and put it all into effect
0: an nfl team that's taking a chance on Pat o'connell what are they getting
3: <laughs> well you can turn on the tape you're going to see uh, me flying around the ball no matter what um if i make a mistake i'm going to make at 110 percent um going full speed to the football um i'm going to put uh, extreme effort into everything that I do in the weight room, in the film. I'm going to be the first guy in and then the last guy out. Um, and I'm just going to be a tremendous teammate and do whatever I can do to help my team win.
0: Patrick O'Connell, one of our favorites around here, uh, joining us on Nuwad is now following his pro day. We'll keep on rolling through this because we've got several to get to. Up next, Justin Ford came in with a high pedigree. He's one of the top junior college recruits in the country. After playing JC ball in California, took that to go play at Louisville. Didn't work out there. Came to Montana, two-time All-American, Buck Buchanan finalist, and uh, a guy that built a lot of hype for himself coming into this deal. And uh, today, I thought he helped himself a little bit with his size. He he checked in at 6'1", 201 pounds. He uh, also banged out twenty reps on the bench which is a great number for a corner, but also shows scouts that maybe he could play a little safety as well. In my personal humble opinion, I think Justin Ford, although he was a phenomenal man-to-man corner at Montana, I think he translates a little bit better as a big nickel or as a safety, a rover-type guy. He's a great tackler. He's really aggressive. He can get his hands on you, and his bump and run is what makes him really good. 4.65 on the 40, though, that hurts him a little bit, especially if you're trying to sell yourself as a man-to-man corner, but I did a good job uh, getting himself ready for this, looked good physically. Here's what his thoughts were following his pro day.
6: I felt great, man. I told you I was waiting for this day for so long. Um, Very prepared, very mentally prepared. Um, I enjoyed the process. Like I told somebody else, it's just like, um, it's kind of surreal. Wrapping up my career here, man, it's probably the last time I'll be on this field, you know, participating in football activities. So um, it was great to get back out here, and I felt like I showed what I needed to. What's it like when you're working towards this moment for so long <laughs> and then you get it over with? Yeah, no, the moment was great. Um, I just didn't let it get too big for me. Um, like I said, I just enjoyed it for what it was. I, was. I was being where my feet were and just, like, taking every drill by every drill. So once one drill is done, okay, we're on to the next. one. last drill is done, we're on to the next. And just, you know, understanding that I put the work in already and it, it's going to fall exactly where it's supposed to.
0: Success is determined by, like, tenths of a second in this. So, like, when you are got the hand on the line or you're getting ready to run your 40, what's going through your
6: mind? Um, just run, just run. Um, to be honest, I, I, my training has been so great, and in terms of my preparation, just it doesn't change, you know. So I've been doing this for months, now. I was just trusting it and just going out there and executing.
0: I met your agents from Vegas. Were you training down in Vegas too?
6: Um, I was actually training in Miami, by oh, nice. So I was down there in Miami, um, obviously different with this uh, um, it was great to get back out here, you know. Um, I almost forgot how cold it gets in Montana.
0: Was that part harder? You were in Florida. Pat was in Florida, so was it weird coming from, like, the nicest weather to back to this?
6: Um, not really. I mentally prepared myself for it. Um, I, obviously, it wasn't ideal weather, but I'm like, you got to you gotta do what's asked of you. So um, I just took it for what it was. I think I still performed exactly how I was supposed to. So
0: What was the most challenging part of this process the last couple months?
6: Um, not, not getting ahead of myself, like I said. Um, my training started about four months ago so i think early on i was kind of trying to look at the end of the road and it's just like nah we got to be here today so um you could make your future better by today you can't really change it thinking about the future you gotta like it's about what you do today and the next day and the next day and the next day so just putting one foot forward the other and just getting the job done are you expecting to be drafted, and where do mock drafts have you and what have teams told you? Yeah, I definitely think I deserve to hear my name called. Um, I go in with no expectations, though. I feel like no matter what, I'll have a shot and a chance to uh, prove myself, and I think that's all I've been needing my whole career. So as long as that opportunity is on the table, right, I'll, I'll do exactly what's asked of me. In terms of what you did in college, How do you think that translates to the NFL, just
0: in terms of position? Are you expecting to play sort of a a man-to-man type corner like you did here at the Grizz? Or do you think you have other versatility in the bag, too?
6: Um, I think I'm very versatile. Um, I've played safety before. I've played nickel before. I've played corner. Um, I think I operate best at corner. I think I'm a special type of player at corner. Um, I like what I bring to the table. It can be man coverage, um, off coverage. I can play zone. I've been good in blitzing. I've been fortunate enough to have a couple sack fumbles in my career here. So it's just showing um, I could do very different things, and um, I think that's what teams are looking for: is being able to stick a player in any position he's asked to do. So.
7: What players in the league right now do
6: you,
5: you know, want to emulate, or do you kind of study? Oh um, yeah.
6: I kind of study a couple. I think Marshawn Lattimore is one of them. Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters, I think I have um, tools that all three of those players have, and I kind of take different things from them. You know, Jalen Ramsey's a physical corner. He shows up in the run game. He's great in press. He's great in man. Marcus Peters takes chances. He, he can intercepts the ball. Um, he's not too much in the run, so obviously I wouldn't study him for that. And Marshawn Lattimore is just the all-around corner. You know, he doesn't gamble. He'll just be exactly where he's supposed to be. Um, great technique with his feet. So I just take different things from all of them. As I said, those are three different characteristics from all of those players and I think I present all of those in myself.
0: So. so much of what you do well is when you got the pads on, right? So how do you make yourself stand out in an event like this?
6: Um, it just show elite athleticism, you know. Um, I think teams know it'll be different when the pads come on. There's some there's some players that's All-Americans outside the pads, and then you put them in it, they don't know what they're doing. So, it's cool to be out here and show that I can move um, without it. Obviously, they could watch the tape on film and see that I can still move with the pads on. I'm very physical, so obviously the physicality wasn't shown today, but I think I showed my smoothness in my drills and my athleticism in my drills. So.
0: A team that takes a chance on Justin Ford, what are they getting?
6: Um, they're getting a fierce competitive man, a great teammate. Um, somebody just puts his, um, his heart into the game every day, man. Um, this is what I do. I live, breathe, sleep this, this game of football. I, my hobbies is football. Like I take care of my body in the off time. Um, I watch film in the off time because it all ties into my game and it's all equally important.
0: Justin Ford, former Grizz cornerback, All-American, uh, good showing on his pro day today. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. A couple more of these. How about Marcus Wellnell? Number 37 this last year. A kid that walked down out of Hell in a Capital and became an all-big-sky player times three at the University of Montana. Overcame a lot of adversity, both uh, in front of and behind closed doors. We'll leave it at that. But either way, I thought Wellnell actually was the one that probably opened the most eyes. He bust, busted out 27 reps on the bench. He also had a broad jump close to 10 feet, had a vertical of over 35 inches, and ran uh, 4.7 seconds in the 40, uh, which I think helps him. That's exactly where he needed to be. It was 4'7 range. and uh, So we'll see. He's a guy that maybe could get into a camp, but either way, doing the best you can do when your best is needed, that's all you can ask for. Marcus Willnell.
5: You know, it's super cool actually being out here. You know, you always kind of dream of, you know, playing the NFL and the first steps to do a pro day. So I woke up this morning really, really blessed that I got the opportunity to come out here and show what I can do and hopefully get a shot.
4: You, you were out here last year, you know, watching your teammates uh, compete last year. So, I mean, has that been something in the back of your mind ever since then? You're just like, oh, this could be me someday?
5: Well, you know, going into last year and watching the pro, I never really, you know, I you always want to play in the NFL, but I was kind of like, you know, maybe maybe it won't be for me. But then definitely once the season was over, I was like, I, I want to keep playing football. I want to do that. So then my mindset kind of changed, and I was excited to be out here.
4: Ultimately, just your performances, indoors, outdoors, can you kind of just walk us through, like, how you prepared and your mentality and everything like that? Well, I worked
5: out with Steve Fahler since the season ended, and that's been absolutely amazing. So just... Preparing for everything and just hope, try to do my best today.
0: Steve's a guy that uh, not only is a great trainer, but he's been through this process before. So how did he help you with that? Because, I mean, he's been out here doing this uh, back in the day.
5: Oh, he's been out here and he's been training so many different people. He you know, all the ins and outs of it. It's how to train for every drill. So just the insight he provided me was just really helpful because I couldn't have done it myself.
0: When you see the hats and the coats and, you know, Packers and Jaguars and Raiders and Seahawks, I mean, is that surreal to just see these guys out here watching you?
5: It's it's pretty cool, you know. It's not just me; it's everyone out here. So it's but it's it's a cool thing to realize, you know, that it's you know it's kind of here. So you always dream of playing in the NFL. So the fact that they're here watching us perform is pretty cool.
0: What were your biggest points of emphasis in training, and what sort of weaknesses were you trying to work on to get ready for this?
5: Uh, you know, just everything I was trying to work on—bigger, just get bigger, get faster, get stronger. So really, just needed to show, showing every drill what I can. You know, you train for so long, you do so many different reps, and you only get one shot at it. You know, you, you slip, you don't have a good rep. It's just like. It's crazy that you only get one shot at it, so you just got really when you step to the line, you gotta you gotta do your best because that's that's what you get to show what all
4: the work you put in. Overall, just what would it mean to you to get a chance at pro football, NFL? This, what would that mean to you?
5: You know, just to get a shot would be just a dream come true. You know, as a little boy, you always, I mean, that was you know you wrote what you want to be when you're older, and I always wanted to be a football player. So, just to just get a shot and just to have the opportunity would be amazing.
0: If an NFL te- team takes a shot on you, what are they getting in Marcus well now?
5: Someone who's uh, fast, work, work his tail off, and do the best he can. And one more for
0: you, Malik Flowers. You thought he was fast; you knew he was fast. He's fast. Four-four-six in the forty, plus a thirty-four-inch vertical. Twelve reps on the bench for good measure. Here's the uh, record-setting kicker Turner for the University of Montana.
7: I knew what they were going uh, going through with the weather out here. I remember sitting out here up in the stands, just you know, timing guys on my phone and stuff like that. Not really thinking like, hey, you're gonna be there in, like next year, or so. You know, it was nice having all the support. You know, all my friends came out here, you know, just giving me all that, all the support I need. And, you know, it's just amazing. And just to see how well the other guys did, too, it was just a great turnout, honestly.
4: What would it mean to you to get a, a shot at pro football, uh, just at all?
7: Oh, yeah, everything. You know, at the end of the day, you play this to become the best, you know, to you know with the dream of playing at the professional level and show that you're one of the best athletes in the world at whatever position it may be so hopefully you know i showed enough out here to where you know the scouts to come and pick the boy up so you know i think i did really well i'm excited with it and now you know just leave it in god's hand and just hope for the best
5: you mentioned your development from like special teams to being a receiver mm-hmm. and you think of guys like rashid shaheed who is now turning into a legit wide receiver yeah. is that a career path that, like, inspires you? Can you see yourself filling that kind of a role? Definitely take something from him,
7: you know, like, him being at We were the year before us, being tied for the NCAA FCS, uh, you know, kick return turn record, so, you know, just the way he did it, did in a sense, I could say, like, open the door for us, for Turner, showing that, you know, we can be receivers as well if we're given the opportunity, so yeah, you know, his, his career turned out great, so, you know, I'm hoping to do the same thing in my own way at receiver and specialist as well.
0: What's the NFL team gonna get if they take a shot on Malik Flowers?
7: They're gonna get a great developmental receiver with a, with a, uh, I don't want well, with a lot of upside, and then you know uh, a specialist whether it's that punt return, kick return, gunner that can make a play on the ball from anywhere. You know whether I'm catching a punt return, kick return, or you need me to go out there and bracket uh, a returner to make a tackle. You know I'm gonna make a play on the ball from anywhere on the field. So that's what they're getting.
0: Great performances, but also just good dudes. And uh, wish them all the best of luck. Uh, we'll be hooked to the draft and, and the signing process afterwards. But uh, thanks to Patrick O'Connell, Justin Ford, Marcus Smillie, Emily Flowers for joining us uh, here on Nuanas Now tomorrow, Bobcat Pro Day. We will not be in a for that one, but we'll do. We will try to get uh, as many interviews as we can out of that one, uh, particularly from the, the top performers. So stay tuned for that. And uh, should be fun. Thanks for tuning in here. Uh, On your Tuesday, let's talk some soccer. Our latest footy 15, courtesy of Andrew Houghton. Next. Keep it right here. Juana's now, ESPN Radio.
2: Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: Is Ludacris still a thing? Is that still happening in in in, uh, in the world? He's like a movie star now because he's well, still yeah, in the Fast right. and Furious. At which they're obviously uh never Will stopping never stop, making. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what, what, what he, are he we, now. I'm like Fast and the Furious 17 now or something like that.
8: Where, are they going to, like, 11 now? It's, it's, I think they went past
0: 10. Man, the thing is, do I even want to go down this rabbit hole? Yes, I do. So is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. If you ever asked yourself, why is there nothing but remakes and franchises like Marvel or DC or the Avengers or whatever, why is there only things that hearken nostalgia or have like the same characters in a new storyline in the theaters anymore. It's not a coincidence. It's fully on purpose. I read this great book two years ago called The Big Picture. It's all about the shifting of the movie industry, especially from the studio perspective. It's a formula. They know that like your everyday dramas or your murder mysteries or whatever, straight to Netflix. Everybody's just sitting on their couch watching the movies anyways. If they're gonna get you to get off your butt, go pay money, Sit in the theater, it's got to be extravaganza. It's got to be special effects. Or it's got to make you feel some sort of way. Like watching the exact same Fast and the Furious movie 14 times. Same deal. Different characters. It's all part of the plan. You no, want ESPN Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sorry I'm being crazy today. That's what happens when you stand outside in the cold all morning long. Uh, Andrew Houghton has a phenomenal podcast. Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Uh, we're rolling along now. Been like... Close to two years of this thing, and uh, very happy to watch how it's grown. He talks soccer across the board on the statewide level, at the high school and college levels. He also gets local and statewide guests that talk about international things, and then he also talks about international soccer as well. One of the primary subjects, though, of the uh, Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast is the University of Montana women's soccer team, and they have been outstanding. At times, and they have, uh, they were a little bit disappointing this last year. But one thing that's been unwavering, particularly since this podcast started, is their pipeline of young ladies that have then moved on and continuing play, playing soccer at the professional level. A couple times a month, we take excerpts of this podcast and we play it here on Nuanas Now, our footy 15 presented by Flanagan Motors. Andrew,
8: you want to set this one up for us? Yeah, Colter, you did a great job. A lot of players going pro from the Montana Grizzlies soccer program. It's something that head coach Chris Chitovisky has really pushed. And one of the players who sort of set a new baseline for that was the fullback Taylor Hanson, who came out after last year, and she got a gig with the San Diego Wave of the NWSL, which is the top-flight women's professional soccer league in the United States. You know, there there are a lot of girls who can go play overseas. If you want to play professionally, you can often find a spot somewhere in Europe to have a girl hang for a year on the roster of an NWSL team is a real step forward. It'll open a lot more doors in the future. For Montana soccer players coming out looking to play professionally. So, Taylor Hanson, uh, not to spoil too much, but she's back in town for a couple weeks. Knew I wanted to catch up with her. And yeah, you'll just hear an update on her career, what she thought about last year playing professionally in one of the top leagues in the world, and then what's next for her.
0: Soccer in and Stone and Spoke, rate, review, subscribe, available on all your podcast hosting platforms. 4015 excerpt from that podcast. Couple times a month here on Duanas Downs, presented by Flanagan Motors. Flanagan Motors has proudly supported soccer around the city of Missoula for
8: more than fifty years. Taylor Hanson, qu- former Grizz. Taylor, let's just start off with this. You're back in Missoula training now. Chris mentioned that the last time he was in, but sort of how did that year with the wave play out and where are you at now in your career?
1: So, let's see. Last time I was here, I think I was heading back to San Diego. Yeah. Yep. And back, um, got invited as a Discovery player, went to preseason camp, ended up earning myself a contract, and then spent the whole year with the Wave. I had an incredible time. I learned a lot. I played with some of the greatest players that have played, um, Abby Kemper and Alex Morgan, just a few. Right now, I'm back training, took a little bit of a much-needed break just to decompress. Um, I would say the year definitely took a lot out of me. But just a lot of learning lessons, a lot of exciting things happened. Yeah, just now looking to play overseas, so we'll see.
8: What's it been like being back in in Missoula, being back around the team, and being back in this environment?
1: Uh, It's incredible, as always. Um, It's definitely one of my favorite places to be. Yeah, I think it's always just nice coming back. It feels like it's home. The girls, the environment's kind of the same since I left. Chris is always great. So are the coaches um, helping with anything that I need.
8: Taylor Hanson, one of the most decorated players in Montana Grizzlies soccer history, program record holder for games played, for minutes played, as a fullback wing back for Chris Grizzlies, went pro after exhausting her college eligibility and spent the entire year with her hometown San Diego Wave of the NWSL. Talk to me a little bit about just how that came about um, and what it was like getting that call. Uh, You know, we watched you play in the NWSL Challenge Cup in preseason. But what was that whole experience like?
1: It was... Incredible. Um, I feel like I blacked out for half the year, <laughs> um, but I think I registered for the draft right once the season was done, had no idea what was going to come of it. I was having some conversations with the Wave. Um, Chris is having some other conversations with some other coaches in the NWSL. Um, I sat through the draft on graduation day. Wow. Um, yeah. So I wasn't really focused on graduation. I was focused on the draft. I was worried I was gonna miss the start. And so I ended up like running off the stage of graduation just so I could go watch the draft. Wow. (laughs) And then from there, Watch a draft. That was probably. I told Chris that was probably one of like the loneliest moments that I've ever felt. Even though I was surrounded by friends and family, it's just because I think nobody can really relate in that moment. And there's so much riding on it. Um, and as it got through the later rounds of the draft, I just had a feeling I wasn't really going to get picked up. So I had to re- like hit a low at that moment. Um, and then a couple hours later, I got a call from the Wave. They're like, we want to invite you to preseason camp as a discovery player and then we're on it again. So trained here for a good month with Chris and all the coaches, they prepped me and then went back home, got to preseason camp and that's when it all came like super real. My anxiety was high, the emotions were high but that's kind of how you know you're alive in those moments, so it was kind of great too. Um, I remember the first practice I was in a passing pattern with Alex Morgan and Abby Kemper and I was like, just don't mess up. Don't mess up. <laughs> just make the pass. Um, so I kind of had to talk myself through that there. But yeah, got through preseason camp, all those motions, earned a contract, felt like I was kind of on top of the world, but then also was like, okay, the real work's going to begin. I think I had a hard time actually realizing where I was at in that moment, and I made it. Um, so I kind of just put my head down, kept working. Yeah. And then... The whole year went by so quickly, just traveling different cities, experiencing what it was like. The first game was at Agile City, and they had 19,000 fans. Yeah, yeah. That was the most I ever played in front ever, like, by a lot.
8: The most that most players in the country probably have ever played on in front of, unless they're on the national team, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah.
8: San Diego Wave, of course, last year was the first year. Expansion team?
1: Yep, first year, expansion team. So it was kind of crazy that that was all happening. Hometown, it was kind of meant to be, really.
8: What was the biggest difference just in the the atmosphere, the environment? You, you talked about the, the training, but what was the biggest step up?
1: Oh, there's a lot. Um, the game is just so much faster. Yeah. Um, and I think there was... Just a lot of basic things that the pros make look very simple, and so it's adjusting to that. Um, and I think also the pressure of it is like you don't you want to say there's no pressure, but there's a lot of pressure. It's now your job, other people's jobs are on the line. Um, it's a business, and so it just kind of changes your mentality in that aspect. Even practices were kind of nerve wracking.
8: <laughs> I mean, it is so pressure packed because the NWSL. I think there's only. 10 or 12 teams in the league. There, there are not very many roster spots.
1: No, there's not many roster spots at all.
8: Did that pressure ever get to you, you know, that you're you're fighting for this opportunity? I mean, I just talked with Avery Collins, who was one of the greatest players ever come out of high school in the state of Montana, who, who hung around with the Washington Spirit for a couple of years. And she talked about, you know, having to handle the mental side of it, really, really watch that closely. And r- really, she thought it made her a lot stronger mentally. But I guess two questions... Did you think and feel a sense of accomplishment at having made one of those spots? And then just what was the pressure like?
1: Yeah, um, there was definitely a sense of accomplishment. I think coming from Montana, it's a smaller school. So I mean, like... I think not many people are expecting you to make it. And so, kind of approaching preseason in a you don't really have anything to lose cuz you could focus on it as there's no pressure that way or you could take it as there is pressure cuz you got to prove yourself. You're coming from a small school with all these other big players. So I think once once I made the roster, I was on top of the world like I said. But then, yeah, the pressure kind of kicks in, and it's like, okay, you either sink or, or sink or swim. And so there were some days, like I said, like practice would be nerve-wracking, and you had to handle it mentally. The game felt like it changed, but it's because the mental battle became just that greater.
8: Taylor Hanson, formerly the Montana Grizzlies Soccer Program, now a professional who spent the last year in the NWSL with the San Diego Wave. She's joining us for soccer and snow and smoke, a little in-between period in Taylor's career here. You tried to stay on with the NWSL. Now it seems like you're looking overseas. What's this off-season been like for you?
1: Um, this off-season, this was the first time I took a couple months away from the soccer ball. Yeah. I think just to recalibrate.
8: Was that your decision, or did were people sort of telling you, step away for a little bit, this will be good for you?
1: Um, I think I was getting a little bit of both. Um, I had some people that were kind of pressuring me to get back on the ball right away. But I think for me, I just needed that time to decompress, learn from last year, take time for myself. This was probably the first time that I've taken a couple months away from the soccer ball my entire life, I'd say. So it was much needed.
8: What do you do to decompress? Are you just hanging out at home, or is there something else you do to really help you get in the right mind state?
1: Yeah, um, I'm hanging out at home, friends and family. Working out, oddly enough, just not with the soccer ball. Yeah. Um, and then, I'd say just, like, learning, reading, taking some courses here and there, that kind of stuff.
0: Pros, pros everywhere, including a pro Grizz soccer player. Thanks to Andrew Houghton, our 2015 presented by Flanagan Motors, an excerpt from the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. If you hear the full interview with former Grizz and current pro soccer player Taylor Hansen, go check out Soccer in Snow and Smoke. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks to and Motors for the uh, presenting sponsorship of the footy 15. and Motors, locally owned and operated for more than 50 years. They're located right there on Stevens. Uh, Shannon and his crew, uh, excellent in giving back to the community and also fierce supporters of the beautiful game. Appreciate them for letting us play those uh, each uh, couple times a month and also thanks to our other great sponsors of Soccer and Snow and Smoke, Blackville Communications, and Zootown Sports Cards. What's up tomorrow? Well, we got one of your favorite and funniest guests coming back. We'll let you know, fill you in, take you home. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfield Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot?
1: Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now.
0: When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot?
1: Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise.
0: What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot?
1: I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community.
0: And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it, it seems like such a great company to work for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well. And it's definitely very enjoyable.
0: If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. This is a jam, but it also... I didn't make the playlist today. These guys are just DJing for me, so I don't know uh, what's coming up. Uh, I can't tell even one part of the story on the radio, but I will say one of the biggest I ever got in trouble as a teenager, it's because we were driving around in a pickup with... uh, some beautiful ladies listening to that song on repeat. That's the most of, about the story I could possibly tell you. Welcome back to is Now, USPN Radio, where we recap the nostalgia that music brings on a day-to-day basis, but also uh, talk a little bit of sports as well. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the show? Ton of stuff today. Grizz Pro Day. We heard from Patrick O'Connell, Justin Ford, Marcus Wellnell, and Malik Flowers. All of them showed well down there at Washington Grizzly Stadium today. We also heard from Carrie McHugh of the Missoula YMCA about the Riverbank run upcoming later on this month. Alex Coville, our Vertical Rays and ESPN MT Girls Class AA Basketball Player of the Year, in studio with us, along with her head coach, Missoula Hellgate head coach, Maddie Keast. We had our Treasure State stars for the day. And we also heard from Taylor Hansen, former Grizz soccer player and now a uh, burgeoning professional soccer player as part of our 4015, an excerpt from the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. All of it on our podcast, Is Now podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit GoBlackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Also presented by the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. The best place to get your blue and gold on game day or any day there on the Montana State campus. Tomorrow, another jam-packed show. It's going to be Bobcat Pro Day. We'll hear from at least Willie Patterson and Ty Okada also, effort Callahan O'Reilly as well. Those are the three headliners there for the Bobcats, but there'll be a total of, I think, seven participants there in Bozeman as well. So we'll recap that. Charlie Johnson, recently retired, Billings West girls basketball coach, will join us to talk about their state championship run and his awesome career. We also have a return of one of your favorites, Andrew Schmidt. It's become an annual tradition. The Masters starts on Thursday Andrew is, uh, to say he's obsessed with this is an understatement. He will be live tweeting every five seconds of the Masters. I guarantee it. But because he takes the day off and uh, enjoys himself, we're going to get him on on Wednesday instead of Thursday because it's just going to be better for everybody involved. But either way, he'll join us as well, plus some TBD. We'll see you then. Tomorrow, is Now, ESPN Radio.